1: Mark Hamilton, how are you, man? It's been a long time. We're a long way from State College, my friend. Good to talk to you.
2: Hey, good to talk to you, Dan. Good to uh, hear that you're doing well.
1: Yeah, and likewise, because uh, reading your story, it's uh, it's really fascinating. And I had no idea when I knew you way back when that there was always in the back of your mind, or maybe it was in the front of your mind, I don't know, but uh, a burning desire to go to medical school. Uh, so let's kind of pick it up, basically... You know, you get to the big leagues, but you also had, as I've read, uh, kind of an internal clock as to when you would kind of dot the I, cross the T with your playing career and move on with life's work. Give us some perspective
2: on that. Sure. I mean, basically, when I was first in undergrad, uh, I was a cell molecular biology major at, at Tulane University. And whenever I got drafted, my wife and I kind of sat down, and, and medical school is always something that I wanted to do. My father's a very prominent researcher in oncology. Uh, he's currently at City of Hope Hospital in L.A. And, you know, my wife and I kind of sat down and, and talked about how it would look to go to medical school after baseball and the different possibilities. Obviously, the first possibility is that you don't play that long in the minor leagues, um, and then I would go right away. Uh, the second possibility was, you know, I got to the major leagues and I became established there. And, you know, obviously, I think it's impossible to walk away from something like that, um, you know, unless there's a, a pressing need for positions or something of that nature. Um And then there's that third option, which I found the more I looked into, the more I saw a lot of people fall into this category, which was guys that got big league service time, but may end up back in the minor leagues, or they're only on one-year deals, and they're kind of transient between AAA and the big leagues. Um, and I thought to myself that, you know, a lot of those guys continue to try to chase the dream, which is completely understandable. But in that situation with wanting to go to med school, if I found myself in that scenario, I needed to go ahead and, and take the next step and, and retire, whether I could continue play or not. So I could go back and finish
1: and uh, you made the decision when, like the, this is the the course that I'm going to go. I, I know sometimes the game makes decision, decisions for all of us, but when did you really make sure, Mark, that you were going to take this thought and, and put
2: it into action? Right. So, I mean, it, it actually worked out very well. I was with uh, AAA Gwinnett. Um, I was about to turn 30, and, you know, I, the season ended for me. Uh, and what happened was it was a little bit before classes started. And I'd already said prior to that year, you know, this is the last shot that I'm going to give it. Um, if I'm, if I'm not back to the big leagues by the end of this year, I'm going to go back, but you know, still when it finally does happen to you, uh, it, it takes pause and you definitely think about, you know, gosh, I really do want to keep playing. I think I am still, you know, capable. I sat down with my wife. We talked about it a little bit. And, um, you know, ultimately came to the decision of this is what I wanted to do. And it was the decision I was making. Uh, I talked to my agent, called him. He had already gotten some stuff set up for me to go play winter ball again. Uh, he said he had a couple clubs that had called in and, and talked about, you know, potentially picking me up next year. Um, but at the same time, I just told him, I said, you know, I'm done. Uh, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to finish at Tulane, and then I'm going to go to med school. And it was a definitive decision at that point.
1: So Mark Hamilton, uh, a former Cardinals first baseman, that eventually goes uh, on to become, uh, you know, a, a, a doctor. Here, we'll get to that in a moment. But when you yeah. hear that, though, uh, Mark, from your agent, that hey, you know, there's still people that are kicking the tires on you. I mean, guys hang around much longer than than you did uh, with, I guess, w- with less prospect of of being picked up by uh, an organization so why walk away from the game if you did have some folks that were still willing to give you opportunities
2: so i mean for me this was like i said you know going to med school becoming a doctor is something that i aspire to do since a very young age um i find it to be an incredibly fascinating field and i find it to be you know an admirable field as well you can help people Uh, and you can really leave a mark on the world as well through research, which is something, you know, my dad has done and I hope to do in the future. Um, I think for me, it was just like I said, it was the age. Uh, I knew med school would take four years. I knew I still had a year and a half left on my undergrad. So now we're at five and a half. Um, and then you have residency, which I'm, you know, originally I thought I was going to do orthopedics. Orthopedics is a five year residency. So we're looking at 11 years of training before I'm, you know, what we would call an attending physician, uh, where you would be, you know, working on your own autonomously versus, you know, as a resident uh, kind of trainee physician. Um, so whenever I went ahead and did that kind of math, it was saying, you know, okay, and people practice until they're 65, 70, maybe even later. It depends on the, the individual. I wanted to leave myself a good amount of time to have an impact. Uh, in my medical career. And I felt like 30 years old when I walked away, that was, you know, I was getting to the point where I was going to be pressing myself to not have the amount of time in medicine I'd want afterwards.
1: So Mark Hamilton with us, uh, you're at the point, right, you're scheduled to begin your residency um, in Long Island in June. However, uh, there's a caveat here. Um, Well, first off, this Friday, congratulations. you graduate from the uh, Zucker School of Medicine. No I, I
2: graduated yesterday actually.
1: That's incredible that's incredible. So yep, congratulations. there we go. So so here you are you're fresh out of med school, an online ceremony um, which that I'm sure was different. but uh, Very. <laughs> they, they moved everything up in response to the coronavirus pandemic. So you are right in the midst of everything that we have heard in the news about residents being thrust into the field. This is yes. going to be fascinating.
2: It's it's a challenge, and I mean, to say the least. And the people that have been taking this challenge on right now, it, it's incredible. Um, New York City's been incredibly hard hit. Anyone, you know, watching the news, I guess, which probably is everyone, considering how much we're staying home right now, uh, has seen it. And, it. and it's really difficult. It's really challenging times here. Um, for me, uh you know i'm I'm gonna be there in June unless something dramatically changes uh I know you know obviously Governor Cuomo moved at the graduation um if it gets to the point that things continue to get worse, which right now it looks like hopefully things are starting to flatten, which was the hope from the get go um but if it gets worse, then they could obviously call us in earlier and, and say that we have to come in we have to you know replace or. Uh, provide support to the people that are there now. Um, but either way, I don't have by any stretch of the imagination that this thing's going to be over by June. At the very least, we'll be still having a, a significant amount of patients, even if we have it under control. Um, and then there's all the other patients that in the hospital, you know, the hospitals I've worked at, these are busy hospitals. They had busy emergency departments before COVID. So we have a bunch of other health problems that don't stop just because of this pandemic.
1: Mark Hamilton with us, a former Major League First baseman. Uh, just graduating from, from medical school, uh, might do his residency uh, in, in June, he, he may not. Um, what have you been briefed on, Mark, and what have they told you? Have they given you some form or fashion of a, of a crash course in the, how to assist in, in the effort here?
2: Yeah. I mean, so you know, the big thing is we go through resident training um, right before we start as resident physicians. We'll do that, I right, that's early June. Um, but they've been sending us stuff to kind of get prepared in advance. Our school has done a phenomenal job. Northwell Health has done a phenomenal job. Uh, my school is the, uh, the Zucker School of Medicine, uh, Hofstra Northwell on Long Island. And both of my institutions have done an amazing effort to put together learning modules for you know, protective gear, which is stuff that we've already been briefed on, but, you know, making sure that we're refreshed on it, how to take things, put things on properly, how to take them off so that you're not exposing yourself to anything that may be on the surface. Um, we've also gotten crash courses in, you know, the virology behind COVID, behind coronavirus and, and where it came from, what it is, uh, what makes it different. We've gotten crash courses on the, you know, the pharmacology of the drugs that are being discussed, you know, whether they're effective or not, we need to understand what they do so that if we do end up being called to use, them, we know exactly what we're utilizing. Um, and and also just in team building and identifying symptoms and triaging people, uh, ventilator support, all this stuff. And, and they've really done a very, very good job of, of giving us a thorough, rapid education so that, you know, if we do get called more quickly, we'll be ready. And then if we don't and we, we start in June, then we'll be ready then, too.
1: Mark Hamilton, with us, um, I, I do want to continue this conversation here, Mark. Uh, we're up against a break, but one final question in this segment, if if you do have the time, I,
2: I uh, yeah, I got it. That's fine.
1: Yeah, I do do want to ask you about, uh, I guess, what it is like because you're sort of out there. Uh, you are well connected in this field, especially at the uh, the epicenter uh, in the United States, which which is New York. You mentioned ventilators. You mentioned, you know, essentially how. How crazy this thing is. Is it it as bad as people say it is? I know that's a a, a silly question, but I I mean that from the medical support, the PPE, um, the the stuff that we're we're reading and we're hearing, is it real?
2: You know, my understanding is it is. And and it's definitely institution to institution. uh, And it's definitely, you know, different places are getting it worse than others, even within New York. Um, but you know, from my understanding of people I've talked to that have been different hospitals, the, the experience is pretty uniform but it can also be very different. Uh some places just did not have the supplies and they didn't have the staffing and personnel to to accommodate this whatsoever. And I think that those are the places you've seen in the news where um there's been, you know, people kind of home making PPE or they've had, you know, big issues with staffing. Um, and you know, then some of the other places have been a little more prepared, whether it was because of, you know, having larger financial backing, uh, at their institutions and just having more supplies or having more, uh, staffing. But the, the uniformity here is that the patient onslaught has been relentless everywhere in this area. And, you know, it's just hundreds upon hundreds of patients that, you know, on top of already busy hospitals that, that manage a lot of, uh, a lot of sick people from the New York area, regardless of the pandemic. So I think the big thing for us is, is just that people need to take it seriously. Uh, the range of illness is very broad. Some people have no symptoms at all, and other people are dying. And the only way that we can really protect everyone in this pandemic is by making sure the people that need medical care, that need ventilators, that need the ICU, that they have access to it. And if everyone gets sick at once because we're not acting responsibly and, and Staying home, limiting our outside contact, et cetera, that'll cause an onslaught that's even larger in the hospital. And that can happen here just like it can happen nationwide. And I think that's the big scary thing is, is what happens if they cripple the healthcare system because the patients just can't be managed.
1: Mark Hamilton, uh, former Cardinals first baseman, uh, got a World Series ring with the uh, organization, uh, traded in the uh, Spikes uh, for medical school. He just graduated yesterday. And he's based in New York right now. And, of course, uh, well, I guess that story sort of writes itself. Uh, more with Mark when we return. I want to ask him a couple of questions maybe as it pertains to baseball and this pandemic when we return. Dan Zang really with you Saturday morning. Thanks for being with us wherever you may be on 93.7 The Fan. Good morning, Pittsburgh. Dan Zang really with you here until 11 o'clock. And then Bob Pompiani at the top of the hour. Appreciate you making us a part of your Saturday as uh, we continue our conversation with... uh, His name is Dr. Hamilton. Now, Mark Hamilton, former uh, Major League First baseman with the Cardinals, getting a World Series ring with the Redbirds, uh, 10 years in pro ball. Uh, After he was a second-round pick coming out of Tulane back in 06, uh, he made a decision, essentially, that... uh, At a uh, finite period in his life, he would turn the page, move on from baseball, and uh, he wanted to become a doctor, and essentially uh, has done that. Graduating from medical school yesterday, uh, we go back uh, 15 years, uh, was calling his games when uh, he made his pro debut with the Cardinals uh, when we were both with the State College Spikes. This was in 2006, and he's been kind enough to kind of share his story, but also give some insight, because he is in New York. Graduating from the Zucker School of uh, Medicine yesterday in Hofstra in an online ceremony, Governor Andrew Cuomo moves the uh, the uh, the ceremony up. And you've probably heard many reports about residents being thrust into the field. Uh, and Marca, uh, you don't know whether or not that you're going to be thrust into the field just yet, or do you have an indication? Because you're about to start your residency in June. If Uh, you are not needed. So I guess the chances of you being thrust into the front lines are are what at this juncture?
2: You know, it's hard to tell. Um, There's definitely, you know, some some talk, uh, some noise out there about, you know, whether or not they're going to need us uh, sooner. And I think that's ultimately going to be up to the government. Some of the institutions, institution by institution, whether they're going to have people come in and act as physicians earlier, um, but for us, it's it's kind of waiting to see if the government feels like the response requires having more positions uh, immediately, and, and that would be kind of up to, to both Northwell and, and the government to make that decision.
1: So here you are with your family in Queens, your wife, you have two young daughters, nine-year-old Lillian, six-year-old Madison. Until then, what are you doing, just hanging tight?
2: Yeah, I mean, that that is what we're doing. I think like a lot of people in the country, we're, you know, heavily involved at home and, and doing remote learning, as I've been told by my wife is the appropriate term, uh, with our daughters, um, which is a full-time job in itself. And I think something that, you know, I also should be getting a lot of national attention is, is how much dedication the teachers have been putting in to get, you know, online curriculums, uh, something we never expected. Um, And to have, you know, parents really step up and and educate their children because eventually, you know, these kids are going to grow up and they'll be the ones to deal with their own, you know, issues and struggles in the future. They're going to be the next generation of doctors. They're going to be the next generation of, you know, frontline professionals. And and it's really important and, and really something to acknowledge how much effort people are putting forward to uh, to all take part in, in bettering this situation.
1: Yeah, well, your uh, daughters have a doctor that is uh, teaching them, so they're getting some Ph.D. level uh, stuff. Uh, interventional radiology uh, is uh, essentially what, uh, what you've gotten yourself into, and you might be fighting COVID-19 here. Uh, Mark Hamilton, former Cardinals first baseman with us, uh, going to be wearing the white coat here sooner rather than later. Um, so now it pertains to the game here. I've got a, a former Major League Baseball player uh, that goes to medical school, graduates yesterday, and I'm sure you have seen, or may, maybe you haven't, I'm not sure how uh, closely you're following the game now, Mark, um, but the proposals of trying to get the game underway. They've talked about playing you know, games exclusively in Arizona. USA Today reports uh, that they're going to split this thing up. You've got the Cactus and the Grapefruit Leagues. They're going to radically change the divisions up. Uh, how feasible is playing a sport, albeit in an empty stadium, uh, with players being sequestered? Uh, with your medical background and, and being a major league, <laughs> former major league baseball player, how, how practical is this stuff that's floating out there?
2: You know, it's difficult to say, and I, and I know there's a lot of controversy around it. A lot of you know, some people are outright offended um, by you know, leagues or games trying to trying to get this going because some people just think there's a more pressing need, and there definitely is. Um, but at the same time, I kind of understand it, you know, from a, from a player perspective. Um, sports is something that has been outright absent, you know, right now. And I know, you know, if you're on social media or whatever, you see a lot of people lamenting, you know, not having baseball, or not having basketball, or football, whatever the sport may be. And I think that if there is a way to do it safely, if there is a way to do it, you know, where we, we make sure we're not spreading, uh, this disease among the players and among the you know the media among the umpires, it would bring a lot of joy even if it's in an empty stadium because you know obviously these games would be televised. As far as how feasible it is, I think it can be done in in a, in a appropriate manner. The issue is you know it does involve bringing together more people than we'd like to bring together. Um, distancing, you know, it, it wouldn't be the best practice of, of social distancing to play baseball. Um, but if there is a way to screen you know the players or you know maintain the fact that they're healthy, uh I, I think it is a relatively feasible scenario um to do it. I think the the biggest consideration is there just absolutely can't be fans and I know that the league has already said they'd be playing in empty stadiums. Um but you definitely can't have you know thousands, tens of thousands of people packing in together. Uh that's a recipe for disaster. So if if we can find a way to do it, I think it would bring some joy back to people that that's been absent in the last few months.
1: Yeah, no doubt. As we uh, continue our conversation with Mark Hamilton, uh, graduating from med school yesterday, former Cardinals first baseman is based in New York. Uh, For all we know, depending on if if residents are thrust into the the front line, Mark could be uh, right in there in the, uh, in the, uh, the efforts to to mitigate and treat and and essentially help uh, prevent and uh, COVID-19. So, um, the one big, I guess, uh, hang-up here is, assuming we can check all the boxes, Mark, and get uh, this thing contained, right, uh, and be able to play games, players would likely have to be sequestered, or at least that's the plan. And a lot of players are saying, heck no, I'm not going to be a- away from my family for four and a half months. If I can't be around them, then then that's a deal-breaker, I assume that you know being a former player yourself you you would share something along those lines or do you do you have to do what you have to do and and and, and buck up
2: You know it's an interesting question um because I think there's some parallels right now with people in healthcare uh I I've heard stories and read stories online of people that have you know uh found an alternative place to live while they're dealing with this in the hospital I think it's a big question mark. How do you do this? How do you make it safe for everybody? And the safest way is, honestly, to sequester, you know, if they were to do it, is to sequester the players so that, you know, if there were to be any identified cases whatsoever, um, we could try to mitigate any type of spread. The, the big thing is making sure we don't spread it to the public at, at large. Um And that's kind of what the practice of social distancing is. If I come to, uh, you know, a place – where I contract it and I bring it to my family and they contract it and then, you know, we all disperse amongst the public, you know, suddenly if I give it to my wife, my wife gives it to several people if she's not social distancing. So we have to find a way in order to mitigate any type of spread or any type of outbreak, Um which is what we're trying to do nationwide right now with, with canceling schools and, and closing, the you know, all the non-essential businesses. Uh, it, it's, it's difficult. I don't think there's a, a, a great answer. Um, and, it, and as far as the players, you know, it's, it, it's hard because you don't want to be away from your family. It's very understandable to, to want to have your family there. And, you know, but at the same time, I know personally, when I played, you know, my wife and, and kids rarely followed me to spring training. Um, as a minor leaguer where you're moving between levels, um, you know, I'd have them there sometimes and I'd have them there, you know, not there other times. When I played internationally, they they didn't come with me to Mexico or the Dominican Republic. So it it kind of would be up to baseball to make that decision, and I think they need to take that decision very seriously uh, because if they are going to put people in close contact, which playing the games would inevitably do, uh, they have to find a way to make sure that that if there were to be positives And if it were to be spread among the players, which would be devastating, terrible in and of itself, that it can't be spread to the public at large. And I think that's really the responsibility of baseball. And they need to rely on, you know, people with excellent understanding of epidemiology, rely on the experts to say, you know, if we're going to take a small calculated risk here, how do we make sure that small calculated risk doesn't become a much larger risk to, you know, the greater public?
1: So Dr. Mark Hamilton is with us, a former Cardinals first baseman, just graduating from uh, med school yesterday uh, with us here. It kind of uh, parallels here, talking baseball and everything uh, with COVID-19, and um, he just conveniently happens to be located uh, in New York where he he graduated from med school and uh, might be thrust into the front line. So uh, to to be clear, do you think that if, what would it take to contain this thing, Mark? Uh, What level does it have to be at? what testing needs to be available before uh, a plan that we've read about can actually get underway f- from your perspective. Um, you mean
2: from, from baseball or yeah from, from, yeah,
1: from, yeah, from baseball's perspective, I'm sorry. Basically, to, to do what the USA Today is reporting, and, and that's to play in the empty stadiums, and, and how, what level do we need to be at before we could say, yep, yeah, that's safe, green light it, proceed.
2: You know, I, I think that it's incredibly hard to give a definitive answer to that. And, and honestly, you know, with my training at this point, uh, I'm not an epidemiologist by any means. Um, I, my, my expertise will be eventually in a minimally invasive surgical field. So I, I may not be the appropriate person to answer this question, but I mean, in theory, if, if the people that are involved in the games are negative, um, and and they're sequestered, then you would be able to maintain that kind of uh, sanitary environment where where it's not spread among it. The difficulty is, inevitably, we all have to go to the grocery store. We all have to, you know, we can't just hide in our rooms forever. And and even people that are social distancing, we still have to, you know, venture out in the public from time to time. So I'm not really sure how to answer that question fully. And and I think that, uh, you know, a, a plan would have to really be, thoroughly thought out and, and and run by the appropriate experts in order to, to find the feasibility yeah
1: no and I, and I apologize i shouldn't have put you in that situation no, it's here fine. but uh, but yeah no it, it's 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 fascinating to uh to kind of t- tie it all together and uh and, and learn about your story mark uh, i i've enjoyed reading about it and uh, congrats on your success and and all the best here i might call upon you here uh in the future just to kind of uh, lend some insights uh, with the parallels of, of, of only medicine, but uh, your playing career as well. Uh, hope you and the family are doing well, and uh, if you do get thrust into the front lines up in New York, I, I certainly wish for, for you to be safe and, and stay healthy, and thanks for all that you're doing.
2: Absolutely. Thank you, Dan, and it's good to talk to you again after uh, after a little bit of a hiatus between us meeting.
1: How about it, how about it? That's Mark Hamilton, uh, former Cardinals first baseman. We go way back into the minor leagues, and uh, he just graduated from med school yesterday. So congratulations to Mark. Really, uh, you're you're proud of him, right? I mean.
0: Ah, <sighs> spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio too.